0: Welcome to Your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job by sharing the secrets of experienced hiring managers and top cybersecurity professionals with you. Now, on to the show.
1: Hi, and welcome to Your Cyber Path. I'm Jason Dion, and I'm here with Kip Boyle. Hey, Kip, how are you doing today?
0: Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. We're going to have a great episode uh, today. Really looking forward to it. Um, Jason, how, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, I'm just excited to be here and uh, catch up with you as we uh, talk about DISC profiles and the way that people's personality can really affect the job that they're seeking and the job they're going to enjoy the most. Uh, I think it's really important that people understand you know, how they're wired and what they enjoy when they're picking out a job. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be miserable. And we spend so much of our life at our jobs that Choosing the wrong one is just, it's, it's almost like choosing the wrong spouse. It's just a miserable experience.
0: yeah. Yeah. Gosh. And I've seen so many people, uh, hate their job and they're just going through the motions every single day, Monday through Friday, sometimes 12 hours a day when you factor in, you know, any type of a commute or whatnot. And, um, I have met some really miserable people in my life and I've just, I vowed early on that I would not allow myself to get into a situation like that. If I could, if there was anything I could do, I just wouldn't let it happen. And I'm going to tell you guys a story right now about a pretty extreme thing that that I did. At least you know, it wasn't extreme from my perspective because it was a good choice for me. But I think other other people definitely thought it was extreme. Um, Not everybody who knows me realizes that when I graduated from college, I went to undergraduate pilot training uh, as a lieutenant in the Air Force. And I was assigned to Luke Air Force Base, which is in Mesa, Arizona. It's actually not an Air Force base anymore. I was in the last class uh, of undergraduate undergraduate pilot training that that uh, that trained uh, there, and um, and so right now, if you go down there, it's like a municipal airport. But anyway, um, so if you don't know, undergraduate pilot training in the Air Force is a year long hands on school, and what you know, and they're they're making Air Force pilots. I had to work really hard. It took me a long time. I had to do a lot of things in order to make it to uh, UPT. And, uh, and I was really excited when I got there. And, uh, after about a month of ground school, they, they walked us out to a flight line and I got to go in a T-37 twin jet, uh, a trainer, like this big bubble canopy and sat next to my instructor. And it was fantastic. I was there for about five, five months of a 12 month school. I think you can see where this is going. Right. Uh, and I learned how to solo the jet and I did, I flew the jet all by myself and it was really cool. And shortly after that, I quit. (laughs) <laughs> i said i i just put up my hand one day and i said this is an awful uh thing i'm about to say but uh this is not a good fit for me this this you know being a pilot is not is not a good idea for kip and it took it took a lot of courage for me to put, put my hand up because um you know there's a lot of pressure to stay and uh uncle sam doesn't like it when you quit Uh, I had people tell me that if I, if I just failed out of flight school, that it would be better for my career. Um, So they wanted me to keep like showing up every day and fail the check rides and and get washed out. And I just couldn't do that. And so I, so I quit. It it was a bad fit for me. And, um, and so I just had to be courageous because I knew sooner or later, if I did, if I didn't stop, um, I, I would either probably damage an aircraft or, or maybe hurt myself or maybe hurt somebody else. I mean, it was just, it just wasn't good. So, um, and now I didn't know myself is really what it kind of came down to. And uh, we don't want you to make that kind of mistake. Uh, Jason, did you ever find yourself in a situation where you, know, you were like, uh, this isn't right for me?
1: Yeah, it's actually funny, uh, you know, as we were prepping for this episode, and I saw your, your notes on the fact that you quit at a flight school. Um, I did the same thing, actually, <laughs> and I don't think you knew this, uh, but yeah, I, in the Navy, when I was a young ensign, uh, which is an 01 in the Navy, it's the, it's the, the entry-level uh, position in the Navy, I went from being enlisted to officer, and when I got picked up as an officer, I was picked up as a naval flight officer. Um, I did not know what that was at the time. So this is why it's important to research the job you're accepting. It sounds cool though. (laughs) It sounds really, really cool. Right. And, um, you know, I was enlisted and I put in an application to go officer. Uh, and when I was enlisted, I was running nuclear reactors and I was a submarine guy. And when I put in for, um, officer, I put in to be a nuke submarine officer and they were filled up and didn't have any spots. And so they said, Hey, last minute, you need to change that. What do you want to be? And my career counselor said, hey, you should put in an NFO. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a non-flying officer is what he told me. It's the guy on the carrier who tells people when to take off and land the planes. I'm like, sounds great. I could do that. So I changed that and I get picked up. Off I go to, uh, to OCS and off to flight school and I find out, it's actually a naval flight officer, which means you're the guy in the backseat running the weapon systems and the radar and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, well, I'm kind of a control freak, uh, in case you can't figure that out, Kip. Uh, <laughs> I like being in control. Um, well, that's you know, why visit- we fight you know, all
0: the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you came and visit me in Puerto Rico, did I let you drive once? No, I like driving. I like being the guy behind the wheel. <laughs> and so when I went to flight school in the Navy, we call it API, um, just like UPT, I went and I started flying. And as a naval flight officer, they have you start out flying the plane. And you do your, you know, your six to 12 flights, you learn how to fly the plane. And then they say, okay, get in the back. And that's where you stay for the next 20 years. And I was doing great in the front. I was top of my class. I was really enjoying it. And they put me in the back seat. And I was like, this sucks. This is not for me. I do not want this. Um, And at the time, there was an oversupply of pilots and NFOs. And so they said, hey, if you quit, you're gonna be just kicked out of the Navy. And they would just send people home. Um, we don't care if we paid for your college or anything, you're gonna go home. Well, I'm, I have a wife and two small kids at home. I'm like, I can't be out of a job. So I just kept grinding it away. And then one day the Commodore for the squadron comes in, he goes, I'm so tired of everyone quitting and getting sent home and not getting redesignated into something else in the Navy. Right now, we've talked to BuPers, and which is the Navy Personnel Command, and they are going to make sure everyone is redesignated to something. If you quit, you're going to go be a surface warfare officer. You're going to drive ships, or you're going to be an intel officer, or an intelligence officer, or a METOC officer, or something like that. You're going to get a new job. And so that afternoon, I was music to your ears. I quit. And he goes, that wasn't the point of my discussion, Jason. Why are you quitting? I'm like, I've been wanting to for weeks. You finally said the thing I needed to hear. Redesignate me. I'm good. Um, and, And so I got redesignated. But it was a matter of, you know, I hated that job. And like, I just couldn't walk out and leave because, you know, I had, you know, six, seven years in the Navy at this point. I was trying to make it a career and, and I just, I, I didn't want to just walk away with nothing. And so, yeah. you know, it is important to know what you want. And, you know, I, I, I think you had a little more courage than I did because you're like, I'm out, I'm leaving, right? Uh, for me, I'm like, okay, I hate this. And as soon as I have an opportunity, I'm going to leave. Uh, and when the opportunity presented itself, I, I, I did the same thing. I, you know, raised my hand, said I quit and I'm out of here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's funny that, you know, I, I didn't know that about you and you didn't know that about me, but uh, we both quit flight school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, you know, probably- Probably a lot of people listening to this think that we're both a couple of dummies because everybody and their brother seems to want to go to flight school and wants to fly for the military because they've seen Top Gun and, you know, they think it's just the coolest thing ever. And you know what? I did too. But there's, there's a difference between, you know, thinking it's the coolest thing in the world and then actually getting a chance to try it. And I will never regret trying it. But the, the point that we're trying to make by telling you these uh, somewhat embarrassing stories, where we're sure we're going to get judged by some people for doing this, but uh, is, is that knowing yourself will help you set yourself up for success in your first cybersecurity job. So what you want to do is you want to match up how you like to work with the different available jobs, which is why we try to tell people when, you know, when we're first working with them, hey, there's more to the career than just pen testing or whatever. There's so many different jobs. Take the time to learn what they are. And we have back episodes in, in your cyber podcast uh, where we actually tour you around a typical large company cybersecurity uh, department and, and help you understand the, the different jobs that are available. So if you don't understand what's available, go back, watch those episodes, listen to those episodes, and that's going to that's gonna really help you. But um, you know, do you like to have interactions with people throughout the day, like a lot of interactions? Do you, is that how you get your battery charged? Well, then you need to figure out a job that's not going to have you staring at a computer screen all day. That is going to be awful. Um, or maybe that sounds like heaven to you, like, oh, my gosh, yes, please park me in a cubicle or let me work from home where I don't have to talk to anybody uh, you know, all day long and, and is wonderful. Great. <laughs> know that about yourself. Be okay with it. And then go and find yourself a cybersecurity job where where that is going to be um, your experience. So, but the issue is, how do you know what your work preferences are? Jason, what's your what's your work preference? Would you rather have a lot of interaction with people, or would you rather just be left alone? Do you do you have a preference like that?
1: Yeah. So this is the weird thing about me. Um, you know, I, I think some people are like this. They have the the cognitive dissonance of what they think they want and what they actually want. Um, you know, for me, I always think like. I don't like people. I wanna be left alone, leave me in my <laughs> quiet little corner and I'll just do my work. And I work fine that way. You know, I, I'm up here in my studio, I lock the door. I could sit here for eight hours and knock out a bunch of work and be perfectly fine. And I would always think that I hated being in environments where there's other people and I'm running around all day. Um, but when I worked at the, the National Security Agency, I had a choice between two different positions. One was sit in front of a computer all day, going through logs and doing log analysis as a cybersecurity analyst. And the other one was working as a director of information assurance operations, which was basically the head of a team inside the SOC. And I ended up taking that job. And when I did that job, I was running around from meeting to meeting. We were doing problem solving, it was new challenges. And I found that that those 12 hour shifts felt like it went by in two hours because there was just so much going on. And at the end of the shift, I was exhausted. But like during the shift, it was a lot of fun because I was getting to do all these new new and interesting challenges, as opposed to just going through the same logs every single day. Um, and I wouldn't have thought that that would have been a job I would have enjoyed, but I really did enjoy it, uh, even though it was kind of exhausting. So it, sometimes it's it's kind of counter, whereas when I sit there and do log analysis for eight hours, I just feel exhausted the whole time. I'm like, look at my watch, like, is my eight hour shift over? <laughs> um, but like, I don't feel drained at the end of it. So it, 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 I don't know, sometimes you got to push yourself as well, but yeah. It, yeah, it it's it's kind of unique because my wife thinks I'm, you know, I, I'm not tend I don't tend to be a people person being at like large parties and stuff kind of drains me, mm-hmm. but I can do it. And then when I'm done, I'm like, okay, let me just stay at home for the next day or so and recuperate. Um, and I have fun while I'm there, but it is kind of a draining thing. And so, you know, if I had to do that every day, five days in a row, it, it probably, it'd probably, you know, wipe me out. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, well,
1: how about you, Kip? Are you, are you more, you know, introverted or extroverted or yeah? You know, what, so, what, what, what fuels you?
0: So that's, so I want to take a moment and define those terms. I think it's really important because the popular interpretation of an introvert is that they're socially shy and that's not really true. True. An introvert, really, all that means is uh, is that you get energized by being alone. You get refreshed by being alone. An extrovert gets energized and refreshed by being with other people. So when you put me with a lot of people, it drains my batteries. I can't recharge fast enough, and so my energy levels go down. If you put an extrovert alone, their their energy levels are going to go down because they get energy by being with other people, so that's all that means. And I, I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. Uh, and I, that's what I heard you say too, because we can yeah. be with uh, we can be with and around other people, but we just can't keep our energy levels uh, at a high at a high level, or or we can't make we certainly can't make them higher <laughs> over time yeah. by being with other people. So uh, so I absolutely when you said. Yeah, I'll be around a lot of people, but then leave me alone for a day because I gotta, I gotta recover. I'm like, yep.
1: <laughs> I, resum- you know, I, I when you came and visited me down here in Puerto Rico, we spent a week together, and um, you know, I noticed that. You know, the first day you and I, we kind of had high energy. By day five, <laughs> both of us were just kind of like. All right, man. I'm I'm so glad Kip's getting on the plane today. I'm getting rid of him. (laughs) Like I had a great time. It was wonderful, but like it's five days in a row. I'm ready for you to leave. I want to go back and hide in my little hole for another day or two. You got to go, man.
0: (laughs) So one thing that I did, and I want to pick up on on a comment that you made a moment ago, because I think it's a really good one, which is even if you're the kind of person who likes to be alone, um, it may not be good for you to be too alone. And so I want to tell you a quick story about what I did. I, uh, I decided early on in my career that I wanted to be a chief information security officer. I thought that was a good goal for me, and I did end up becoming a CISO. But what I learned along the way was that the job was a really was much more people intensive job than I than I realized that it would be. Well, so I had to make a decision. I either needed to figure out how to be around people more or I needed to uh, not be a CISO anymore. And so that was a that was a, you know, a a really useful self-discovery well, what I decided to do is, I said, you know what? I really, really do like this job, so I want to see if I can increase my stamina. I want to see if I can figure out how to be around people longer. In other words, you know, can I strengthen my my muscles around being being with people and make my energy levels last longer? And uh, and so I did a little bit of research, and I said, I'm going to give this a try, and it worked. And so these days, even though I am an introvert and even though I do need to recover from after being around people a lot longer, but I have so much more stamina for, you know, for being around people than I ever did before. So I just want to say, uh, and that was a great choice. I'm really glad I decided to do that. And, uh, and, and so, you know, if you're thinking about that, I just want to put it out there. It's possible, you know, you might, you might want to do it. Um, Let's talk about how do you get to know yourself? How can you figure out what your work preferences are? And what I always recommend to people is a disc personality profile. If you've heard one of those, before right, Jason?
1: Yeah, the uh, DISC, and I've mm-hmm. I've done a lot of them over the to- over the years. I've noticed that uh, in general they do shift a little bit, but they kind of stay pretty consistent because most of us our personality stays pretty consistent.
0: Yeah, exactly. So a DISC personality profile is what you should do if you haven't done one already. If you've done one, but it's been a long time since you you since you did one, I'm going to give you a URL today that you can uh, that you can use to do a free test. So either way, uh, whether you haven't done one before or it's been a long time, I think it would be a good idea for you to go out and and do one again. But let's let's unpack what a disk personality profile is. And by the way, a lot of people will say will say, oh, you need to do a Myers-Briggs personality type indicator and MBTI. Don't do that because uh, that used to be a very, very popular way for people to uh, do some self-discovery. Unfortunately, it's it, the, the whole approach has really been scientifically debunked, and so it's kind of a toy now rather than a useful, uh, you know, instrument. So I would say stay away from that. Uh, an MBTI, but a disc, I think, is a, is a great way to go. Now, disc, as Jason said, it's D I S C, it's an acronym. Let, let's go over what that acronym means. The D stands for dominance, and by the way, I have found that. Uh, The terminology in in disk is not what you think it is. So if I say dominance, you probably think of of like, uh, you know, somebody like the Terminator walking around telling people, you know, give me give me your clothes, you know, give me give me your sunglasses and give me your bike that's dominance right. Not, not in this context dominance here just means, how do you deal with problems. How much you assert yourself, and how much control you know do you uh, want over situations? So um, it's 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 not as extreme as it might seem uh, in the movies, but but there's a continuum here, right? So whether you're very very passive or whether you whether you're very very assertive, right? That's what the the D part is is gonna uh, is gonna measure for you. The I stands for influence and that's the way you deal with people, the way you communicate and how you relate with other people. So do you like, and the I is really around, you know, how much you like to be around other people is what I've noticed. So that's D that's I S is steadiness. And that describes the way you behave with emotions and how, how emotional you are, uh, and how emotional you let other people see that you're being, you know, um, you could feel like, A train wreck on the inside but just really project the sense of calmness and patience Um, or you could wear your heart on your sleeve if you've ever heard that right where you know exactly how a person feels because they just let all that emotion come out uh, all the time and then c is compliance and that describes how you approach and organize your activities and responsibilities basically are you a rule follower or uh, in one extreme. And then the other extreme is, are you uh, more of a, of a rule breaker or, you know, do you, you know, do you, do you follow rules when it, when it, when it works for you and then break them when they don't, when, you know, like, are you an entrepreneur? <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, right? So DISC, Jason, does that sound right in your experience? What, what would you, what would you say about DISC? Is there anything that I, I missed or you want to add?
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you did a, uh, a really good coverage of the, the D, I, S, and C, right? So again, that's the dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance. And once you take one of these tests, you'll kind of see where you are. The other thing is that often you're not a single thing. Uh, for instance, there are some people who are um, very much, for instance, myself, I am a very high D and I'm also a pretty high I. I'm fairly low on S and fairly low on C. And so, you know, I I am more D than I am I, but I'm pretty high on both of those areas. Um, Some people I've seen, they're just like 50-50, right? Um, You know, my wife, she had one where she was, you know, basically it was like 45-45, and then it was like 5% and 5% for the other two. So she was like, she didn't have a clear winner. but it's important to understand yourself and where you are. Uh, so for me, I'm, I'm a pretty dominant person. And I think that comes from a lot of years working in and around the military. Um, you know, we, we kind of value that dominant, straight to the point, uh, get things done kind of attitude. Um, but I'm also naturally more of an I, where I want to talk things out and, and get to the solution. Um, the, the other thing is when you start looking at these different things, and it's almost like different leadership styles you're going to have, uh, if you're a very high D, you just want to get to the point. It's like, hey, Kip, I got five minutes. Tell me what you need. Let me make mm-hmm. a decision. Let's move on, right? Yep. Whereas sometimes yep. you get some people who they want to talk about this thing for you know three hours before you make a decision, right? Um, a- a- and knowing where you are on this spectrum will help you understand it. Um, I know somebody who in their organization, outside everybody's door, they have a D, I, S, or C, and everybody on their office says, I am a this or that or the other. Um, and so if you came to my office and you saw that I'm a D, you would know when you come to Jason for a decision, You need to come in and say, here's the situation. Here's the decision I need you to make. What's your decision? Mm -hmm. Um, If I was more of an I, say I was really high I and low on the other ones, you might come in and say, hey, how are you doing, Jason? How's life? How are the kids? How's your (laughs) wife doing? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, now that we've talked about that for five minutes, I have a question for you about work and this is what it is. And so you have to build that relationship before you get to the ask. And so each one has a different thing. And what he found was that by having people understand what the person's profile was, it made it easier for others to communicate because you could say, even though I'm an I and I want relationship, you're a D, so I'm just gonna go in and give you what you need. And if you can ever figure out what your boss is, this can really help you exceed. I've had bosses who are very, very, very high Ds. And so they love it when I come in and just give them a, here's what you need to know, I need a decision, go. And, and then you can move on. And I've had other people who are highly relationship based. And if I did that, they would just shut down and they would hate what I'm asking them. So, uh, what are you, Kip, when it comes to this DISC?
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's really interesting. I'm a very high C. So, if you put, if you plotted um, <clears throat> from zero to 100 and you said, you know, uh, Kip, what's your C score? Mine's like 99. Right. So <laughs> it's really, very, really very strong C. Yeah. Very strong C. And so, if you uh, like, uh, so a couple of words that would describe me is cautious, systematic, uh, maybe even perfectionist. Absolutely. I think, I think that's me. Now, on the other end of the C, like, no, no way, kid. I, I can't do that at all.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if you go on the other end of the spectrum, words like rebellious, careless, defiant, right? Just to sort of, you know, illustrate, and I'm, I'm definitely a high C. Um, And then when it comes to D and S, I'm right in the middle. I'm like uh, 53 and 56 are my scores. So I'm pretty balanced. But my I is really low. I'm like 28 out of 100. And and so some of the words that would describe uh, a low I would be something like matter of fact, uh, maybe withdrawn, and in a really extreme example, aloof, because I just don't say a lot, right? I talk when I feel like I have something to say. And if I don't have something to say, I kind of just don't say anything. And so uh, some people you know, think if you're a high I and you're like really gregarious, you're like you're out there and you're talking all the time, you would think I was aloof because I just don't talk as much. Right. So but I love what you said about um, not only is DISC a tool for you to understand yourself, it's also could be a tool for you to understand other people, which I think is which I think is is fantastic. And it's another. Uh, it's, it's just another great way for you to, uh, to do well on the job. You know, in our last episode, we talked about, you know, what do hiring managers look for in day one? And one of the things we mentioned in there is like, we want you to bond with the team. Uh, we want you to, to get in here and figure out your place. Well, if you understand yourself and you understand the differences between D I S and C, you can, without other people even telling you what their disk profile is, you can probably figure it out if you just observe it, observant, and you understand this, uh, this particular framework. So um, yeah, so I I think, thank you, Jason. I think that's a a fantastic use case uh, for this. And, uh, but you said you're, you're, you're like a high D, is that right?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm a a pretty high D. I'm in the, you know, 80% D. And then I was, you know, something like 40, 50, 60%. I. So it was like my D's and I's were kind of up here, and then everything else was way down to the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's interesting because you'll often see this where a lot of partners, either husbands and wives or business partners, you and I work on a business together. Um, you know, we are opposite, right? Mm-hmm. My, my, I'm, I'm very D, I, you're very C. Um, C and S, you said, were kind of your, your primary yeah. and secondary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that makes a lot of sense. And you see this kind of happen naturally. It's not like I saw it went out there and said, hey, Who is this, you know, hiring manager person who can help me with this part of my business that happens to be a C and and an S because I'm a D and an I. But sometimes these opposites almost attract because they have the things in your business or or your life, if you're talking about your spouse, that are opposite of you. Um, My wife is much more reserved than I am. um, and, And so you know, by us having our different personality types, we get to have a lot more different experiences than we would if we were both these, right? And if you're both these, right. you'll probably be clashing heads all the time anyway, because you both want to make decisions, right? Whereas my wife is very indecisive. I get the, hey, honey, where do you want to go for dinner? And I ask her and, um, you know, she can't come up with a decision to save her life. And she <laughs> asked me, and I was like, we're going here. And she's like, okay, I guess that's where we're going. Um, you know, and, and so it's just this different personality, um, yeah. but you'll see that a lot inside of teams. Um, and so, you know, just because your boss is a D and you're a C doesn't mean that's not going to work. You just need to know that what is your boss expecting from you because right. a, a C, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, very risk averse. You want to have everything planned out, ready to go. Um, I probably drive you crazy sometimes with our business because I'm like, okay, we got the 90% solution. Let's go. Let's launch. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. We got to get the rest of the back end set up. I'm like, no, no, no. We'll figure that out along the way, man. Let's just go. Um, you know, and, and cause that's my D I'm just dro- D is like driven, you know, it's, it's a direct that's right. driven. That's why I always think about D's is a very mm-hmm. directive, uh, very driven, very decision oriented. Uh, yep. Let's just yep. move on. And, and yep. if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll just make another decision and we'll keep going. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. and, and so it, it's just those kind of differences.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really great. I, uh, one other comment that I want to make about, uh, about Uh, what you said, where opposites attract. Okay. Uh, It takes a lot of emotional maturity to be in a relationship where, where where, where you are hanging out with somebody who is opposite. If you can respect and realize why it's good for you, who's a high C, to hang out with somebody who's a high D, like if you're okay with that, then my God, that is so powerful. And that's what we talk about with, this is diversity, right? When we talk about diversity in teams, this is what I mean about diversity, not what color your skin is, but rather, how do you think? How do you process information? How do you deal with other people? Um, I've got somebody on my team that is a super high eye. She's probably like a 102 on a 100 scale. She's such an eye, and, and it's great because I'm a low eye, and guess what? We need somebody who can go out there and talk to prospective customers, and just uh, and just listen to them talk all day long, and just be there and be available and answer questions and blah 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 and all that stuff. That is not my strength people, <laughs> you know? So I've got somebody on my team who is amazing at that. But if, but if, but if I was judging her all the time and saying, you know, oh, you know you never get any real work done. All you do is sit around to talk all day long. If I, if I was showing that kind of contempt for for the fact that she's a high eye, it would never work. She'd never stick around and and put up with, with me, you know trashing uh, her natural talents and abilities. And could you imagine that if I, if I took somebody with a high eye like that and I said, hey, I want you to spend all day uh, doing log review. Oh my God, what a disaster <laughs> that would be. The logs would never get reviewed properly and she'd be miserable all the time and I'd be wondering what the hell's wrong with this person. So anyway.
1: <laughs> so the other thing I wanna I want mention on that is, you know, for those in the audience who are managers, leaders or hiring managers, um, you sometimes have to fight your own tendency to look for people who look like you. And again, I'm not talking about look like you as far as, you know, I'm looking for white men who are bald, because uh, that's what I look like. But no, I, I'm talking more about, you know, look like you and your personality type. Um, I've seen this happen in a lot of organizations I was in. Uh, there was one organization I was in, I was working with another person. We were both in the exact same job, right? Um, I'm a very D, very direct decision making, uh, you know, very, um, here's, here's what you need to know, sir, in, in two, three sentences, make a decision. He was a very, very high C. And so he wanted to go into every single fact and plan out the entire thing, much like Kip. And what was happening was our boss was a D um, because this was a military organization. And that person, he wanted, hey, I've got 30 seconds. Tell me what I need to know so I can make a decision and move on. And the guy who was a C could not do that because he's like, well, you know, it it depends because of this and this. And he's giving him every single scenario and, and case that could possibly be. And the boss viewed him as a horrible employee, right? And when it came time for promotions, I was ranked higher than him, even though I will tell you, his work was much better than my work. He had a much more thought out plan. His plans were much better and everything he did was much better but he couldn't convey it to that D in language that the D could understand. Yeah. And so the D thought that that guy just was, he, he thought he was talking in circles when he was presenting him these different options because he wanted him to have the full complete picture before making a decision. Cause that's how his style was. That's right. Whereas the yeah. D was like, dude, just tell me, what do I need to know? Yep. A or B yep. that's all I need. And um, these two and so people were just, important.
0: they were just flying by each, by each other constantly. Right. The C, yep. the C couldn't understand why the boss uh, wasn't acting like a C And the boss wasn't understanding why he wouldn't act like a D and that's that's what I mean by low emotional uh, intelligence or low emotional maturity right where you 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 assume the other person is just a crazy person, rather than realizing nope they're just bringing something different to the table, and I can tell you as a high C. Uh, okay, you're, you're pro- people in the audience are probably like, yeah, how does Kip put up with Jason anyway? Because God, that'd be awful. I'm a C too. And if I had somebody that was telling me all the time, like, shut up and let's just do stuff, it'd drive me crazy. Well, what I've had to learn how to do is not everything needs to be analyzed to death, okay? Yep. There are some things that do justify uh, more caution, but most things don't. And so what I've had to do is get really good at knowing Uh, when should we slow down and when is that just a waste of time? So, and I actually love it because when Jason's like, no, let's just do it some, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, thank God, because so much energy would be required for me to analyze something I don't really know anything about. So I'm just going to trust Jason and we're just going to do this. So, and I've had to do that with my wife too, because my wife's a bit of a D and, uh, and you know what, over the years I've come to realize she has excellent judgment about when we should, uh, do things. Uh, and just and just and just deal with it. And um, and so I've learned to pick my battles and there's only some times now where I'll be like, slow down, slow down, we have to, <laughs> we have got to analyze just a little bit more. And she's become uh, able to, to trust my judgment on those. But it's because I don't play my C card all the time.
1: <laughs> yep. and, and in the case, you know, I was talking about at work, you know, what we ended up doing was I work with the person I said, hey you know, that guy likes his answers the way I, I give him because he's, he's a D, right? So we worked with him so that the C could then, you can go do all the analysis you want in the background, but when it comes time to go to the boss, you need to present him a very clear cut, you know, under 60 seconds, here's the situation, here's why I need to make a decision on, go, and he will think you're the best guy ever. All that work you're doing is great and it's necessary and it's a lot better than what I was doing, but you're not presenting it in a way yeah. he can understand. And as soon as he started doing that, all of a sudden he started rising in the ranks and people started liking him more and yeah. he started getting better evaluations and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's great. important great. to understand who you're talking to and who your audience is.
0: Man, you're a good team member to to, to, to pull him aside and, and tell him that. that well, that's the difference fantastic.
1: is he, he, he had a long career in front of him and I was on my way out. So I'm mm. like, it's, it's not like I care about getting the promotions. Like I kept telling my boss, don't give me good promotions because I'm not taking your promotion. I'm leaving. Like <laughs> I have my own company. I'm leaving and going to do my own thing now. Um, you know, So I'd rather you give him the promotion. He's like, well, no, no, you're doing better work. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's doing better work. You just think I'm doing better work because you're a D and I'm a D. And so he had to kind <laughs> of get that through his head. Um, so it, 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 it was a unique situation uh, for sure. And in most organizations, somebody's probably not going to try to help you get a better promotion than them, when you're both doing the same job but uh in our case it worked out
0: (laughs) yeah okay that's that's really cool okay so i want to i want to kind of wrap up the episode here i think we've really done a good job of explaining what disk is you know how you know the d the i the s the c and the fact that there's continuums on each one what what the endpoints on those continuums look like listen if again if you haven't gotten yourself a disk profile or if it's been a long time i want you to go get one in the show notes you're going to see a link to a free disk personality uh, profile test. I'll tell you right now, it's www.123test.com. And then there's a forward slash and it's disk-personality-test. But just look for that in the show notes. Now this is a bare bones test. It costs nothing and and it's, and you're, you know, you're gonna kind of get what it costs, but it is good. Um, go and get that. Now, look, there are other places out there where you can pay a little bit money, like maybe 20 bucks or 40 bucks and do it uh, again. And they'll give you a huge report with tons of great information to help you really unpack what DISC is for you. So, but go do the free one first and just see if it makes sense, see if it'd be helpful. Um, and then if you want to uh, go deeper, well, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's plenty of opportunities Uh, to do that. So anyway, so there's DISC, and that's why it's going to help you know yourself better and possibly even help you understand uh, who these crazy people are uh, that you've been working with, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think the other part of this, Kip, is once you find out what you are, whether you're a D, I, S, or C, or a combination of two of those, um, you want to start looking at the jobs that you're interested in and see, do they match up with that type of thing, right? If you are a high C, you tend to be very compliance-oriented, very checklist-oriented. You love the details. You love the minutiae, right? That sounds yep. like an IT auditor to me. Yep. Um, me, I hate IT auditing. I really do because I do not want to sit there and do the checklist all day long. I want to be able to go out and do different things. I like a challenge. I like decision-making. I like uh, interacting with other people. With, that's my eye in there, right? Um, and sitting alone doing assessments of somebody's you know, architecture is just not my idea of fun. I can do it. I'll force my way through it. But if I do that for 20 years, I go crazy. Uh, And and so understanding where you are and then what jobs kind of align to that is really the whole point of this idea with DISC is so you can interact with your job and with your coworkers in a way that makes a lot more sense.
0: That's right. That's right. Way more sustainable. Okay. Thanks Jason for uh, helping me unpack DISC today. Let's wrap up the episode. So thanks everybody for being here. Now, um, if you want to go deeper on any of the topics that we cover, by the way, in uh, the Your Cyberpath Podcast. I want to give you a suggestion. We send out. I write and send out every other week something called a mentor note, and uh, and you can subscribe to this and. I write about 500 characters, so it's, very, it's a very quick read, um, and it's an email that you're going to get in your inbox every other Friday. So if you want to sign up for this, and I encourage you to do it, what you do is you go to yourcyberpath.com and scroll down a little bit on the page, and you're going to see a sign-up box right there where you can sign up for it, and you'll get my mentor note. And um, just give it a try. And if it's not helpful to you, there's a very easy unsubscribe button there at the bottom of every one, and you can and you can opt out of it. And that would that would be fine too. If it's useful, take it. If it's not, don't. But I wanted you to know it's a free resource that's available to you. Give it a try. I've been writing, I've been writing mentor notes for a couple of years now, and uh, I, get, I get good, good feedback from, from folks. And so uh, you should give it a try. And if you do try it and you have a suggestion for uh, topics that I should be writing on that I'm not writing on, I would love to hear from you. Uh, listen, I just want to support you in your journey and, and help you get where you want to go. So if you, want, if you want some mentor notes, again, yourcyberpath.com and you'll find the sign-up box there. So thanks so much for being with us today, everybody. We'll see you next time.
1: See you then, bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Cyber Path. Don't miss an episode. Press the subscribe button now. If you would like to learn more about how to get your dream cybersecurity job, then be sure to visit yourcyberpath.com, where you can access the show notes, search the archive of our top tips and tricks, and discover some fantastic bonus content.